We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joe Pizapia, and this is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. It's Friday. It's December. We're getting closer and closer to the holiday season, and uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And it's the most wonderful time of the year for you to get a second life in your fantasy world, because if you missed out on the playoffs and you're sitting there with sour grapes, well, hey, here's an idea. Start playing a little daily fantasy, and I can't think of a better person to help me He's the best person, really. There's no better person than him of all the people. He is the best of the best. He's John McKechnie. John, how the hell are you, my friend? Oh, man. Well, after that introduction, I'm feeling like a million bucks. I'm, I'm uh, doing well, man. It's, it's, it is Friday, so I'm pretty excited for the weekend. There is no college football, so I'm a little bit bummed out about that. Although there is the, uh, the Army-Navy game and the Heisman and all that. But, but really, this weekend's all about the NFL. It's all about our FanDuel lineup. So uh, let's get them rolling. How much does the million dollars equate into Russian money into rubles? I'm just curious. I, I've been I've been spending all my time being confused as to what Bitcoin is, so I, I don't know what the <laughs> what the Russian translation is there. All I know is that I think you and I should start making some. You okay. know, so if you want to make real coin or Bitcoin, whatever coin you want to make, and turn it into whatever exchange rate that you want to, John and I can do that. <laughs> we can. Have we have that kind of power. We have you that pull. Bitcoin, Bitcoin fantasy. That's what we're going to do. We're going to try to find a way to get some Bitcoin. Uh, I don't know if FanDuel takes Bitcoin, but we'll find out. We'll make that work. All right, let's get to it. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Carson Wentz uh, coming off his disappointing game. I know he got rocked a little bit in that game. He seemed a little woozy at times. Yeah. But, uh, you know, let, let's concern ourselves with that. And also, we talked about, I'll, I said, I believe the Eagles when they go into Seattle and beat Seattle in Seattle, and they didn't. So I think it's a good thing to happen to them. I think they were reading the press clippings a little bit. Uh, Carson Wentz going in against the Rams is 86. Then he got Alex Smith coming off the fantastic game, uh, 8,200 against Oakland. He's at home. Then Phillip Rivers, who's on a roll against Washington, also at home. Let's take these top three first, and let's start with Wentz. Now, 
on the road against the Rams. What are your thoughts on him on the 86? Is it too much? Uh, I, I think for, for being the top price quarterback, 8,600 isn't that bad, but I don't see a ton of upside here. I mean, it, it is on the road. I know Philadelphia stayed out on the West coast to sort of, you know, cut down on, on like the jet lag and all that, all that stuff. But I think just using a quarterback going into Los Angeles, as weird as it, as it sounds, you know, a year ago, it's like, okay, you got to fire up someone that if they're playing the Rams, but now um, I think that that Rams secondary is, is solid enough to where um, I, I don't think that Wentz is going to turn in like that 20 point game that you really need from him. So I'm, I'm avoiding him personally. All right. Now, Alex Smith, usually I'm not one to go back to the well a second time. However, at home with a new play caller, uh, things looked good last week. I'm thinking against Oakland. Look, uh, I'm going to talk at length in this podcast about Tyree Kill and, you know, why you should be owning him. But I'm going to start with Alex Smith. I'm not one to pay up for Alex Smith ever, but I think this week is a week with, especially with no Brady, if you're, you know, because of the, the uh, primetime games, you're just playing main state. No Flacco. Yeah, no Flacco. I mean, which is hard. No Brady, no Flacco. You know, it's tough. <laughs> it's really hard. This podcast was recorded in 2011. <laughs> oh, uh, Alex Smith, I'm I'm gonna buy back in at 8200. How about you? I'm so, I'm like so scared to do it because you know he he did have that monster game last week and but I mean some of it uh, is buoyed by that huge run but still four passing touchdowns on the road uh, that was really impressive 366 yards so like at, at my first run through I w- I was not really considering him but then again going against Oakland when you're at home I think that sort of bumps it back up to where 8200 makes a, a fair bit of sen- uh, sense for him as well I don't. I don't know if he's going to be – if I'm making one lineup that he's going to be my quarterback, but I definitely see the rationale. All right. Phillip Rivers at 81. Last week he was around the same salary, and we cautioned people against it because it was a little chalky. And, you know, I, I thought he had two times value as a lock, which is fine, but he didn't have that three-time upside because if you yeah. go back and you look at the game log before that giant game against Dallas where they just put a bruising on them, it's pretty much a two-times value quarterback at his best – and, of course, he went two times quarterback. I'm staying away from him as well in this one against the Redskins for the exact same reason, just not enough upside for me. Uh, do you agree with that? I, I think so. Um, I, I know that, you know, Washington is just kind of banged up across the board, and the fact that L.A. is going to be at home, you know, getting a team that's traveled all the way across the country to get there, that, that sort of helps things. But um, still, I think I'm more interested in, uh, Stafford at, at 8,000. If, if he's healthy, I, I watched the game last week. His hand looked pretty rough uh, at the end of that play that kind of knocked him out uh, for the rest of the game. But if his hand is is good and he, he's ready to roll, Tampa Bay's defense absolutely stinks, especially in the secondary. So this is a huge spot for Stafford. And I, I would really like a Stafford and maybe some Marvin Jones, uh, it, provided that Stafford is good to go on Sunday, because I, I really do think Tampa Bay has one of those defenses that's good to target on a weekly basis. Well, as we record this Friday morning, I think a lot needs to be said about what kind of practice level Stafford's at today and how that hand is. If that's true, then Stafford's a guy that I agree with. I think people will be a little scared because of the hand, and that might keep ownership down a little bit, but the opportunity against Tampa with that pass first, I agree. I think opportunity with Stafford, especially for differential, if you're going to go that route. Cam Newton also, to be noted, dealing with a shoulder issue. He was also limited at practice yesterday. That's another one where it, it's concerned. Now, it's not a leg injury, so that's good, but it is the Vikings. So for me, this is one that I would kind of shy away from. I want to talk about Russell Wilson. I, I'm looking at uh, Russell Wilson here. I'm looking at a $7,700 quarterback who's been putting up 20-plus points over, well, I don't know, the last seven weeks or so. 
easily. <laughs> okay, right. easily. And some of those matchups were tougher. A, a road matchup or two against Arizona, you know, a matchup against Philadelphia. These aren't all cake matchups necessarily in terms of defense. Um, and I understand the last really tough defense he faced was the Rams on the road was only 12 and a half. But for me, I'm looking at the way Russell Wilson's playing football in the last six weeks, and I'm saying to myself, 77 is a discount. If people are afraid against Jacksonville, I say, good, you be afraid. Scared money don't make money. I'm going Russell Wilson. What do you think? I like that call a lot. And I think, you know, 7,700 would, would make uh, more sense. You know, if Jacksonville was fully healthy, then it's like, okay, that, that makes sense to, uh, to drive Wilson's price down a little bit. But with, with uh, Ramsey being out, uh, that certainly opens things up for Wilson. And Wilson just kind of is doing it all. He's really carrying that offense uh, as a whole, uh, including on, on the ground as well. So that, that's definitely uh, an important upside uh, factor for when you're when you're thinking about that so like him at 7700 versus some of the other guys in this neighborhood um, I think he might end up being lower owned just be based on the matchups but um, like you said scared money don't make money and Wilson's playing at a different level right now yeah and sometimes you have to understand like as good as the defense is let's not pretend that Jacksonville hasn't given up points this year Let's not forget that there hasn't been moments where Jacksonville has, you know, succumbed to them. And I understand the offensive line sucks in Seattle. I get it. But to me, that's opportunity for more fantasy points. That's Russell Wilson getting flushed from the pocket and running around like a madman. And I think that's something I absolutely want. Now, is it a tournament play? Yes. Is it a cash game play? Eh, that's a little bit on the trickier side because for, you know, a couple hundred dollars more, you get Stafford or you can get Alex Smith, who we talked about as well at length, who might be a little bit safer. There might be – I don't know if you can say that, but Alex Smith is safer. But I think in the matchup against Oakland, he's a little safer. But I'm saying right now Russell Wilson is your tournament play, and Russell Wilson has your upside. And Russell Wilson, from an ownership standpoint, will be lower because of the matchup, despite the price. Jared Goff going against Wentz in this one. What a, what a great thing. Here we are two years later, uh, and Wentz and Goff, both playoff team bound, right? And mm-hmm. went one and two in the draft. How fun is this? Now, Jared Goff's been good this year. I understand the Eagles' defense has also been good, but this is a defense that's been better against the run than they have been against the pass. So my question for you is, Jared Goff kind of the sneaky oppo play from Wentz? This is a, I don't know, this is a huge you know, spot for Goff. And I, I'm, you know, for as good as he's been this year, I don't know if I trust him right here in this spot. This is, this is probably the biggest game he's played in his career. Uh, I know it is at home against a team that is coming off a, a really tough battle, um, but I still I just I have a hard time thinking that, that Goff is going gonna, is gonna to do it uh, from, a, from a FanDuel perspective uh, this weekend. So I'm probably fading away from him. I mean, if you're looking in that same price range and, you're, and you don't like Wilson either, then I think you know, as weird as it sounds, Derek Carr going against Kansas City, a Kansas City team that's reeling uh, defensively, especially, you know, giving up over 300 passing yards to uh, Josh McCown and having no Marcus Peters. I think Derek Carr uh, has a little bit more fantasy upside that, than Goff does this week. Yeah, I think there's a trap here where people look at Derek Carr and they see opportunity there. Uh, and again, I just see I just see a cap to his value. Okay. You know, I just see a guy who's, uh, okay, two times value, sure, but for the same price, why not go Russell Wilson, you know, who has more upside. I think that's my problem. I think Carr is a huge trap. I think Dak is a huge trap this week against the Giants. Tyrod Taylor with the knee injury could be a trap at home against Indianapolis. I know Indy's terrible, but I worry about that uh, that knee. And then you've got Case Keenum, who's all the way down to 7,500. I know it's a road matchup, so that makes it a little trickier. And then you got Josh McCown. Josh McCown's another guy who's been playing well. I understand, you know – 
Robbie Anderson injury, I think, is really what kind of yeah. has weaned me off. And at the beginning of the week, I thought very highly of McCown because I think there's opportunity with Denver. I just don't think they're as good as people had hoped they would be. But now with the Robbie Anderson injury, I think that's enough to shy me away. How about you with Keenum, McCown, and even Cousins? Let's throw him in there too. Any of these guys in that $7,500 range appeal to you or just too much question mark? Well, Cousins scares me because I'm worried about how that offensive line for Washington holds up against that pass rush because, I mean, Bosa and Ingram, uh, that's a terrifying duo for even the best offensive line. So a, a leaky and banged up one uh, like the Redskins have, I think Cousins is going to be under duress all day. I don't like Cousins this week. Uh, Keenum, I think, would be my call out of this grouping. I don't, I don't love the upside as much, but – um, at the same time, I don't think that he he busts out, um, you know, in, in a bad way. So going against Carolina, it's tough, but I think he can still pull it off. Uh, whereas McCown, without his best weapon, going against Denver, um, in Denver, you know, Denver still has a good pass defense. So I'm a little bit uh, scared for, from this tier. Um, I do want to get your thoughts on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo going against Houston's terrible defense, though. Yeah, you know what? I, I think everybody saw last week and saw the W and got excited. The problem was conversion. You know, they got, a, they got close a lot, but they couldn't convert. Zero passing touchdowns is not a good look. Now, I know he threw for 293 yards, so you add, a, you know, a touchdown or two in there. All of a sudden, it's a really good day. Even one touchdown, it's a really good day. I say there's opportunity there. I think there's almost opportunity for Savage, too, if you want to go that route because San Fran's not exactly a good defense either. Right. I even say Winston there's some opportunity because although he can throw for some turnovers, you know, I think when you look at yesterday, uh, excuse me, last week against Green Bay, you know, the 21 for 32 for 272 touchdowns, the zero picks is what I was looking at. You know, he's been so turnover prone. The fact he didn't throw any interceptions in that game I think is a big plus. And I think there's opportunity there. And we missed it. We whiffed. We should have been thinking about Cameron Brait last week. We should have mentioned him on the podcast when Winston was back. And they went right back to being relevant. Mm -hmm. I think if you're doing multi-entries, guys like Winston, guys like Garoppolo, you can do those kind of lineups because it is a $700 savings from a guy like Wilson. And that's significant. I think Garoppolo will be the one du jour. I think Winston will be the one maybe under the radar. And look at Alex Smith last week. What was he on, like 1.2% in the Millionaire Maker? Yeah, like nobody had that guy. No one saw that coming. Yeah, and, and the Sunday Million, he was somewhere around under 2%. So between all those contests, you know, it was pretty, pretty obvious. Nobody saw that coming. And, and I think with good reason. I don't think anybody thought that there was going to be that kind of opportunity there. But what a difference play calling makes, right? You know, what a difference when you open things up and, you know, change what you're doing if what you're doing is not working. Yeah, big time. And I think also just, you know, uh, the Jets sort of – sort of made the Chiefs go into shootout mode at, the, at that point, which was, which is, I think, the, the most surprising part of that. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs defense hasn't been as great uh, down the stretch, but I don't think anyone uh, would have predicted the, the Jets hanging close to 40 points on that defense. So that sort of flipped Kansas City into a different year, and it was kind of good to see that offense get, get back, even though it was on a weird circumstance. Yeah, uh, agreed. All right, let's uh, let's continue on. Let's move with the running backs here. Let's start with LaShawn McCoy. Now, with the knee injury to Tyrod Taylor, there's an argument to be made against Indianapolis for LaShawn McCoy. Now, the problem is he's 9K, which is right. super expensive. And I think because it's – if this is a play, if it was 8K, I'm all over it. But because it's 9K, I just can't do it. That really is prohibitive. I mean, if you want to do McCoy, then you have to – that pretty much takes you out of the running for any of like the the Wilson tier or above you have to go with the Garoppolo type in order to to make that work so 9,000 that's usually about where I where I'd like to pay for Bell and then like after that I'd start to like feel a little bit uh 
uncertain about about paying any higher than that. So when you're, when you're getting a guy like McCoy that uh, has been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde at certain times this year, and I think this is a matchup going against Indianapolis that their run defense is actually a little bit better than than people might think. It's about it's about league average or so. So it's definitely not. Uh, the, the sort of sieve that, that you'd expect, you know, sort of on paper or your, what your perception is. So 9,000, that is a lot. I think, again, you have to go cheap at quarterback to make it work. And I, I don't know uh, if you're, if you're going to do that in all your lineups. All right. Melvin Gordon, 86 K Todd Gurley, 85. Now Gurley, I can get behind because I think you're going to have a lot of Gurley in this game. You know, I understand that the rush has been very good uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. I get it. The rush defense is, is first in the league. I understand, but this is the whole point. This is the point about great players. And this is when I think sometimes people overthink matchups and you want to put greatness against greatness. You know, there's times where we saw Xavier Rhodes get beat and there's times where you saw Julio Jones get shut down by Xavier Rhodes. You know, this is, these are the gambles you take sometimes. And I think the way it's priced 8,500, I think you can take the gamble on Gurley. You don't have to, but you can. Uh, Leonard Fournette at 83, I don't want to take the gamble on. I don't feel like he's healthy. I feel like they're stacking a lot against Fournette and a guy that went from a lock for me is now kind of pushed down. Let's talk about Kareem Hunt. Now there's another guy. We saw the play calling change, which is a good benefit to the receivers, but it didn't really benefit Kareem Hunt. Just nine rushing attempts. Uh, He had five targets in the passing game, which is about consistent with what we've seen most of the year, Mm -hmm. but just the nine rushing attempts. I mean, at this point, Kareem Hunt, he's a complete pass for you, right? Yeah, I think so. Even even at that price break where, you know, he's 1100 less than Fournette, uh, so that there's a clear distinction between those tiers. Uh, but you look at, at who else is in this neighborhood, and it's like the opportunity just hasn't been there for, for Hunt. And, you know, I think you're probably going to get to this. You mentioned earlier how much you like Tyreek Hill this week. I think, yeah, the, the Chiefs offense this week functions more through the air than it does on the ground against Oakland. So Hunt, uh, especially when you have like a Jordan Howard uh, sitting $200 less than him or an Alfred Morris, uh, I don't see why you would go with Hunt other than just like sort of the contrarian low ownership. All right, Jordan Howard, too much up and down for me. Alfred Morris at 6,800. Here's where I start to get intrigued. And this is a week to me where you don't have to pay up for running back, and we're going to get to some of those guys later on, one in particular that I really like. Uh, But this is a week where I think you do have to pay up for wide receivers because I think there's going to be some wide receiver matchups that are going to be absolutely, you know, we saw the Julio giant 40-point day. There could be one or two of those. And if you don't own at least one of them, I think it's going to be tough to make pay lines. But I want to talk about Alfred Morris. You know, I know the Giants made a change. Yay, you know, no more Ben McAdoo. Everyone's all excited. Hurrah, right? It's going to make a huge difference. Probably not. They're still the worst, you know, we're second to worst uh, pass rush and still the, uh, you know, second to actually actually dead last in the league uh, against the run. So for me, when I look at Alfred Morris, I see opportunity. I see a guy when they gave him 27 touches last week, and that worked for them. You know, I think that's the thing. They don't have to worry about running Alfred Morris into the ground because eventually Ezekiel Elliott comes back. Mm -hmm. So I think this is the new Alfred Morris look. I expect 20 carries at minimum. I expect a touchdown, and I expect a good return on investment at 6,800. How about you on Morris? Yeah, I, I like that. I like all those rationales there. And then I think you, you sort of just like an added bonus. He hasn't played since uh, last Thursday. So like the little bit of extra added time uh, for running back after a heavy usage game is always a good thing. And again, going against the Giants, uh, they're just, they've pretty much, I'm sure they're just looking ahead to like booking that boat for, for Miami Beach right after the season ends like they did last year, as opposed to like getting ready for this game. So uh, I do like Morris a fair bit this week. Uh, I will say 
circling back, I got to disagree on Jordan Howard a little bit because Cincinnati, um, he's or Cincinnati, they could be down like three, three of their linebackers, according to like uh, Jeff Erickson. Um, so that's that's a lot uh, as far as what the, what the run game or their run support is going to be. So I think Howard, if he if he pushes that fifteen carry total, uh, then I think he hits the. the well over the two times value for you. Well, that's the trick with Howard is there's been matchups before this year that should have gone his way for right. injury or matchup reasons, and then they don't. And then you get a matchup like, you know, New Orleans where he has a good game or, you know, Detroit where you're not necessarily expecting it. You know, there's just been weird one like Baltimore. There's another one. You know, the one the best game of the year he had, arguably outside of the Pittsburgh game, you know, is that game at Baltimore. Right. And, and it's just, it's a weird thing. It's why I have a hard time pegging Howard. I understand if you do a multi-entry, but if you're talking about single lineup kind of stuff, I would, I would shy away from him. But I definitely see where there's opportunity there mm-hmm. in a tournament play. All right, let's go down this list too. We've got McCaffrey, who I think is eh, questionable at 68. I understand what we like from him in terms of, you know, catches, but I think he's, I think he's a two times value, a safe play, but not a great upside one. I want to talk about Jamal Williams at 66. Because there's a guy last week, 21 carries, 113, had a touchdown. Everything seemed to be going the right way for him. And then you see Aaron Jones in overtime right. get involved. So is that a good thing because it scares people away against Cleveland because of Aaron Jones' presence? Or is it a bad thing because Aaron Jones might be able to eat into some of his opportunities a little bit this week? Um, I, I would be a little bit scared off and I know that, um, you know, things are going to change for the Packers once Rogers is back and that, you know, so with Hundley under center, they're still going to be trying to run the ball here. Um, but I think that Jones, you know, one touch and it's a 20 yard game winning touchdown. Uh, if that doesn't, if that doesn't secure you looks for the next week, then I really, really don't know what McCarthy is doing, uh, running the show there. Well, McCarthy so, really doesn't know what he's doing either. It seems no, he, like sometimes, no, he so. does not. So yeah, there's preaching to the choir, but I think that uh, Williams, I'm just worried about that last week sort of being the high watermark for him for basically the rest of the season. Um, And I think also um, it's, it's worth pointing out that Cleveland, according to DVOA has the best run defense in football, um, which is, you know, kind of crazy. And you you look at a matchup against going against Cleveland, that's always something that you're like, okay, this is something I'll target, but not, not right now, Uh, not with the way that Cleveland is stopping the run here. So I think the potential loss of snaps plus the tough matchup is enough for me to fade Jamal Williams. Yeah, I would agree with that logic as well. I know you got Lamar Miller right over him against San Francisco. Any love for Lamar Miller this week with another, again, 29th ranked rush defense? Um, I don't love the upside. That's yeah, like I my just, problem. Yeah, I can't get into Lamar. Like, it's yeah. just, he's fine, but like, you, there's nothing to get excited about. So, like, if you're playing in a tournament, you need some upside. Like, Lamar Miller's not the way to go about it. All right, now guys like Derrick Henry have upside, but again, you're limited in terms of you're going to need the big play from him, which mm-hmm. he's capable of. Jarek McKinnon, you know, it made perfect sense that he got involved last week because we all know against the Falcons, they can't handle those kind of running backs that catch the ball to the backfield. So that's another one we probably should have been a little bit more on, but it was kind of a weird gimmick play anyway that they got into the end zone with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would still not be afraid of Latavius Murray with Jared McKinnon. I think he's still okay. But the guy that everybody's going to be talking about, and rightfully so, with Mixon most likely not going to play, uh, even though he hasn't been officially ruled out, to make the protocol would be really difficult. There's nobody else left in the Bengals' backfield. Um, that's it. There's nobody else. He's, got, he's going against the Bears, and the Bears are a decent defense. But when we're talking about a guy who can catch the ball to the backfield, a guy who has nobody else around him, 
I don't see a 5,100 how Giovanni Bernard doesn't at least go two times value. And that allows you to go up to the top of the board at quarterback at wide receiver for multiple guys. Right. Like you, you feel, you feel better about Gio Bernard, uh, you know, based on that, based on that whole, uh, you know, no competition for, for touches. Um, so, you know, he's cheaper than a Corey Clement who's, you know, kind of fighting for, for scraps behind uh, LeGarrette Blount and Jay Ajayi or like for, for a hundred dollars less like Kerwin Williams, you know, even if Adrian Peterson is out, um, I still think that Bernard draws the better matchup. And I think things just kind of set up better for him. Plus, like you said, the skill set uh, that Bernard brings with the pass catching upside. Um, yeah. All that, um, you know, is really, really uh, huge in his favor. So 5,100, like you said, could be a little bit uh, high owned, but I think, you know, some, like we always say, like the chalk is sometimes the chalk for a good reason. Sometimes the chalk is right. So uh, in this case, I think it will be. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, that's kind of the idea too, is, is how you fight against the chalk. Now let's talk about Peyton Barber for a second. There is opportunity here with Peyton Barber. Um, hold on one second. I have to pause here. Sorry. Sure. Now, do you think that Peyton Barber is a guy that is going to get his opportunity? Or do you think a guy like Doug Martin's going to do enough to kind of scoot that away from him? Because people look at last week and say, oh, there's a $5,500 running back who might have a decent return on investment, but you never know because there's another team you can't trust in Tampa. Right. I th- I'm worried about, about Doug Martin potentially returning. And I also think that just from a, you know, I remember, you know, studying this guy for, for his draft class. Uh, I think he went undrafted. He, you know, four, six, four running back. Uh, that's, there's not a whole lot of like upside in his game. So it really comes down to, to opportunity if it's going to work. And I think if, if, uh, if Doug Martin is back, then Barber's carries get scaled back down to, you know, maybe touching double digits. Uh, I don't think he's going to do enough with that, even against Detroit's run defense, to really make it worth it. So I feel like Barber, uh, if you got in on it last week, good for you, but I don't think it's going to happen again. All right, Mike Davis, there's another guy who showed up last week. Same price, 5500 Now, mind you, both these guys are $400 more than Gio Bernard. Going against Jacksonville, and people will be scared against Jacksonville, but Jacksonville hasn't been great against the run. The question is, can we trust anyone in Seattle? Because so far this year, I feel like the answer to that question is no. <laughs> but, you know, is Mike Davis, because of the price, one that you take a shot on in a tournament? Um, I think I, I would go for him over a Peyton Barber. Um, I like the way that Davis has run uh, the past the past couple games. He looks like you know the best running back that Seattle's had all season for the most part. Um, I know that you bring up uh, Jacksonville's defense. It, it's it's gotten better against the run since they went out and got uh, Marcel Darius. But um, really, what this boils down to is for four hundred less getting a Gio Bernard. And I think when when it's put in those terms, then Bernard, it's Bernard every time. Now, on the other side of this, too, let's weigh them. Davis or Gio Bernard, how would you rank them? Um, I, I'd, I'd go Bernard uh, first and then, and then Davis second. Um, but D- Davis, David, like, Davis, like I said, has been running well. I just think that this all sets up a lot better for Bernard this week. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. I still have Bernard. I'll take the $400, and I'll go spend it elsewhere. And mm-hmm. Hopefully, the, you know, the range of points isn't too much of a difference. All right, let's go. And let's talk about the wide receivers because here's where we got to spend. DeAndre Hopkins has a fantastic matchup at home against the 49ers. And I mean fantastic. So as long as TJ Yates doesn't come ruining everyone's day, you know, everything will be fine. Uh, Keenan Allen, another guy that I've had a hard time buying into the touchdowns. But look, they've been there. That's always been the question. Never the volume. Always can he score a touchdown. And it's been going. And as you mentioned, Washington's all kinds of banged up. A.J. Green in play against the 
the Bears as well. But it's Tyree Kill that has the most appeal to me of this top group. At 7,800, a couple weeks ago, we saw what Brandon Cooks did to Oakland and that secondary. Mm-hmm. They are slow. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon Cooks ran right by not one, but two people. So we're talking about double coverage, him just blowing past people. And if you think Brandon Cooks is fast, let me introduce you to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And, and that, to me, is a no-brainer. If the Chiefs don't make this work, I will be so angry. I will probably throw something at my television. But I'm telling you right now, I am all in 100% on Tyreek Hill this week because of that reason. Because there's no way he can't get at least the opportunity to go past and just blow off a huge, if not more than one touchdown against this secondary in Oakland that is super slow and struggles with any kind of speed wide receiver. Yeah, you sort of convinced me. He's he's a guy that like I love for season long, but I've been I've had a hard time figuring out for for daily purposes. But uh, like you said last week, with it with the change in the play caller for for Kansas City uh, and for them to you know their offense to sort of wake back up just in time for this matchup at home against Oakland, sort of a, a back against the wall must win uh, for Kansas City. Um, I I do imagine that that Hill ends up seeing a plenty of volume here and and like you said, uh, going against the Raiders and their slow secondary, that that's going to be, that's going to lead to a lot of big plays there. So I'm, I'm, I'm sold on that, you know, especially when you consider like, you know, I think that he could outscore an AJ green and you're saving 500 bucks. If you go Hill over green to begin with, and then he outscores him like that. That's just a no brainer to me. All right, let's go to Larry Fitzgerald here. Your thoughts on him against Tennessee, uh, you know, I, I know the quarterback situation isn't glowing, but at the same point, Fitzgerald from a volume standpoint has been decent enough. Does he give you an opportunity as well? I just, I don't really see a ton of like upside with, with Fitzgerald at, the, at this stage. I know earlier in the season he was, he was doing really well and he, he does see the volume. Um, but I think for like 500 less, I like Michael Crabtree a lot, a lot more actually going against a, a Kansas city team on the other side of the Tyreek Hill, uh, game where, you know, he's going against a, a team that doesn't have Marcus Peters and has really struggled against the pass. Like I said, uh, McCown threw for over 300 yards against them last week. Crabtree, uh, with Cooper pro- more, more likely than not being out, Crabtree becomes like the absolute number one threat on the outside. So I think Crabtree sees his, his – uh, this is probably going to be his best game of the season is what I'm thinking. Uh, so for 7,100, I think he's a guy I'm locking in. All right, let's talk about Adam Thielen coming off a lesser game and then Doug Baldwin with the tough matchup that is now less tough with the injuries. So uh, tell me, Baldwin at 74, is there a little bit of oppo appeal here with him or has the inconsistency gotten you enough? And then on Thielen, are you concerned a little bit that, you know, maybe what we were seeing is a bit of a mirage. He just had a great run. You know, I I know it was a, a glorious run there for a while for Thielen. I think Thielen's for real steal. Me but too. I, I don't know if I want to go into this matchup, and I don't know if Baldwin's the way I want to go with Wilson either. Yeah, they, these guys, they're both like awesome options you know, on a given week. It stinks that you know, both of them draw these matchups on the road uh, this week. So these are both guys that, that I think you and I are probably avoiding unless you know, we're, we're making onto our sixth or seventh lineup, it seems like. Uh, I'd, probably, I'd probably go with Thielen as my choice there over Baldwin. Um, but mostly because Baldwin, the issue is um, I think that Jimmy Graham is, is absorbing all those passing touchdowns now, whereas Thielen, I think, has a better chance at, at getting into the end zone. Uh, so that, that's where I see him having the edge over Baldwin. 
All right, let's go down a little bit. Let's talk about Alshon Jeffrey, another guy who's had a recent trend going in the upward swing. Now, I know Aguilar had the better game last week. What are your thoughts on Jeffrey this week at 74? He seems kind of cheap. He seems like opportunity to me, and considering how consistent he and Wentz have been, it was bound to happen that he was going to get a game without a touchdown after four straight with. So I'm not surprised, but uh, I think there's opportunity for him in this one uh, that he could possibly get back on track. How about you? Um, I, I like Alshon in, in this matchup, but I, I don't love it, especially, uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, um, I do like uh, Crabtree a little bit more, and I, I like Marvin Jones a little bit more too. So Alshon, uh, he's, a, he's a good player in, in all that, but I think that Philadelphia, when its offense is clicking at its best, is spreading the ball around, and with, with Ertz having cleared the concussion protocol, you know, there's just so many mouths to feed in that Philadelphia offense and so many places to go with the ball. Um, I worry about uh, Jeffrey sort of having a, a, a modest output uh, this, this coming week, actually. All right, let's talk about Evans. Now, this is a guy who's a number one talent. It's been kind of just a lost, weird season for him. Yep. Winston's back. The matchup is good. 7,300, are you tempted? I know I am tempted. I was tempted last week against Green Bay, and I mentioned I was tempted, but I was going to pass. I'm tempted yet again, but I think I'm going to pass yet again. How do you feel about Evans? That's pr- that's probably the way to play it. Uh, I know that one of these weeks, you know, it, I don't see a time where I'm going to be like, okay, now I'm officially buying back in on Mike Evans and, and have it be the, the right time, like right before he goes off. Because he, he is going to have at least one more monster game uh, this season. And, you know, it's a matter of when. And them being at home going against Detroit, I think certainly helps things a little bit. But um, uh, I, I still just don't think that Evans is is safe enough at 7,300, especially when the, the options that we talked about that are a little bit cheaper um, make a little bit more sense. All right, continuing on down there, Dez is very touchdown dependent. That's a tricky one. Michael Crabtree I do think is in play, though, at 71. With Cooper out probably or the at least, you know, game time decision at the very least at this point, uh, I think Crabtree is involved. I think Crabtree certainly you can make a case for, especially against the Chiefs. So you saw what the Jets were able to do. I don't see why Crabtree can't do the same. Even though I don't like Carr, I do like Crabtree, and I don't think that's a mutually exclusive idea. Yeah, that, like like I was saying, like this this should be Crabtree's best game of the season. But with Cooper probably being out, um, we saw what what the Raiders have uh, at receiver outside of those two uh, last week, and it was not good. Um, so Crabtree being back, I I see him pushing for you know I think anywhere between twelve to fifteen targets. I really think this is a huge uh, spot for him. And going against Kansas City when they don't have Marcus Peters, uh, I think that Crabtree's going to be in all my lineups this week, honestly. All right, you got T.Y. Hilton, who, uh, you know, again, always polarizing. I personally can't do it. I understand people like to try and throw darts. I'm not throwing them at T.Y. Devontae Adams had been on a streak. I was very much on last week. I got burned, just put up six points after three straight weeks of 16-plus. But I'm going to say against Cleveland, they can get back to doing that. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in Hundley, but I think Adams can return and get back on trap. So I'm looking for a bounce back from him. Uh, this week and I'd like to see a little bounce back week from Crabtree Uh, how about Crowder there's another guy too where the volume has been upticking things have been going his way we don't love the matchup but what do you think about Crowder at 68 is this another guy that people should be paying attention to Uh, I I like it I'd like it more on like a full PPR site Um, 
I just think that this is a matchup going against uh, the Chargers and, the, and their tough corners. And we already mentioned how uh, Kirk Cousins is probably going to be under duress for most of this game. Uh, so I don't think this sets up particularly well for the Washington pass catchers. Um, so when you're looking at the board and like a Stefan Diggs is there at the same price or, you know, the, the sort of, the hot name in all of fantasy right now is obviously Josh Gordon. Oh yeah, yeah, sixty-seven hundred. So I'm going Gordon. Give me the upside uh, over over Crowder and and his his floor that bores me. Well, it's funny. I, I got into a discussion on the radio about Gordon, and I, I said, "What's my best day for Gordon?" In my mind, was somewhere around five or four or five catches for eighty yards and a touchdown. Like he got lucky and got the touchdown. Now he didn't get the touchdown. If he did, God knows what people will be buying in on this oh week. Oh my God! But he did have the eleven targets. The problem is Kaiser is going to hold him back to a certain extent, I'm sure. But the four for eighty-five. Hey, it's a good spot. It's a good opportunity. Marquise Lee, we were dead on last week. He's dealing with a knee issue, though he was limited at practice. But my guess is that uh, he will be a go. But he had 18 points, so we were all over Lee. Uh, Gordon, I'm okay with Gordon. I'm okay with Lee. But here's the thing. I'd much rather cheap out at running back than wide receiver this week. I think because Hopkins has a chance to put a 30 spot, I think Keenan Allen has a chance for the 30 spot. I think Tyree Kill has a chance for a 30 spot. If you cheap out and you go with a guy like Gordon and he just tops out at 12 again, that's a big problem. I yeah, think, this week. especially with those other receivers. Go, yeah, if you're right. like missing out on, on those where, where three of the top four guys could potentially be pushing for those, you know, lineup or like those, you know, tournament making type of lineups, uh, then yeah, you, you really are kind of getting left out in the dust there if, if Gordon doesn't return for you. So you got to go cheap, cheaper at running back to make that happen. But like we said, there, there's plenty of value to be had at running back. Yeah, Will Fuller is going to be back this week. But again, this is not Deshaun Watson. This is Tom Savage. So I don't know what Will Fuller is with him. So I'm going to stay away. I know yeah. Peterson's out this week too, <clears throat> which means that that's a good thing for Rashard Matthews returning. But I don't trust Mariota. So at 6K, I'm going to stay away from him also. For the same reasons, I just think this is shaping up to be a one or two of these guys. You, you know, you could easily get all three of the guys like Allen Hill and Hopkins in a lineup if you have Bernard, if you have Davis, and right. if you can deal with one of those running backs in your lineup. And I think that's that's the way I'd rather go than trying to take dart throws at wide receiver this week because I just think the probability is a little bit too low. All right, Travis Kelsey had a great game. Well, should I say had a great first quarter basically, but that's all he needed. Yeah, for the most part, two touchdowns there for him, four for 94. He's in play for 8K. Uh, you got Ertz dealing with a concussion, but he's on the upswing. So that's a positive. Graham doing with an ankle. Walker doing with an ankle. So a lot of guys banged up. Walker was a guy that we were on. Uh, Jimmy Graham as well. Both, you know, both have been steady. Both are double-digit tight ends, and I think that's fine. Uh, Evan Ingram. You know, when you're talking about Ingram, I think the value is tied into Shepard. And with Shepard's injury, I think Ingram becomes suspect. What do you think about him at 66? Um, I think this matchup sets up re- relatively well for him. And Eli being back, uh, you know, it's certainly better than a, than a Geno Smith uh, type of situation. But um, 6,600 when, when you could go cheaper for guys that I think ha- are a little bit better bets this week, uh, like a Kyle Rudolph. Uh, going against Carolina, or uh, here's one: uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins at 5,900 is one that interests me a lot because he he's cheap. He's going against Denver, and if the Jets don't have Robbie Anderson, then uh, I know Jermaine Curse obviously stands to pick up a fair bit of targets. But um, I think the smarter way is to attack. Uh, 
uh, the Denver safeties. And Denver's 26 against tight ends, according to DVOA. Uh, so that sets up really well for Safarian Jenkins. I know you need the touchdown to make this work, but I think it, it could happen uh, this week if, if Anderson ends up being out. Yeah, I think that's a good call. What about the other side of that giant game with Witten? You know, they suck against the tight end. Yeah, yeah. Witten's 5,800. I, I don't love it, but... I mean, when you go look at the Tyler Higbees of the world and all the other tight ends that have smoked them, I mean, Jared Cook, I mean, everybody, you know, I can't understand why, why not Witten, I guess. I guess that's the answer. Yeah, I'm just worried that it's going to be like he gets that touchdown early and does nothing the rest of the game, sort of like what you were just saying about mm-hmm. Kelsey. Um, I, I could see that sort of scenario playing out where Witten, you know, starts out hot, two or three catches on the first drive, ends, ends in a touchdown, and he's, you know, all of a sudden – uh, he's got eight points, and we're we're barely into the game. But that's kind of where it stops. Is that's what yeah. my worry is. Well, my worry is like Jared Cook was the guy last week, you know, oh, and gosh. he put up one point four. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it's at a certain point, you know, you do hit a wall, you do hit a streak where it gets a little iffy. You know, you like the guy who's a mid to high level tight end, but you know, Witten is okay. You know, certainly better than Cook. I think it's in play, but the problem is it's the price for it. So if we're talking about price and savings. I'd rather back, go back down to $5,400 Cameron Brait. I, I just, uh, I'm going to go back to that well. This is my apology week to Cameron Brait. I, I should have been on you last week. We were on you a lot in the beginning of the year. I'm sorry. You, you, you did it not once, but twice in the end zone. So for me, $5,400 Brait, sign me up, man. I want in. I, I like that one. Um, and, and definitely with, with Winston being back, that, that really helps things. Um, what do you think of Jack Doyle at that same price going against Buffalo, though? Because, uh, you know, looking at targets for tight ends uh, since, since week eight, so the you know, last five or six weeks, uh, Doyle, third among tight ends in targets behind Kelsey and Graham. Do you think this sets up well for him? I think it sets up pretty well. <clears throat> you know, I, I, you know the, when you watch, you know, especially that Gronk. Now, Jack Doyle ain't Gronk. So, no. you know, I think that's, that's the bigger issue. But, yeah, I think it's fine. I'll tell you what – I. I'd feel much better about the touchdown upside of Brate, so I think I'd lean that way for sure. Okay. And if I want to punt responsibly on tight end, then Steven Anderson is going to be a very popular choice this week at 45 after we saw last week with the 12 targets. Now, how does it work with Fuller back? I don't know. The question is, can Steven Anderson do enough? You know, he got five balls last week and a touchdown, 79 yards. I don't know how much Will Fuller eats into that. I also think the matchup is good enough that I'm intrigued enough to figure it out. So, Here's another opportunity of why you don't have to pay up for running back this week, why you should pay up for wide receiver because you can go cheap at tight end, you can go cheap at running back, and I think get some responsible lower-end plays and make that work. Uh, what are your thoughts on Anderson? Do you think that's a guy that you would take for min salary? Yeah, no, he's a, he's a talented guy. and So, so for min, minimum salary, you know, it, it's, let's say like the target volume gets scaled back to like eight instead of 12. Like that's still pretty solid. I mean, that, that's, you know, I, I don't think you, you would uh, feel confident saying that five or six more tight end, other tight ends are going to see that type of target volume. So uh, even though it is coming from a Tom Savage, it's still, uh, you know, it, he made it work last week. I think he could definitely uh, make it work again this week with a, with a really, really bad matchup on the other side going against San Francisco. Over 2.5 million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash Rotowire, and you'll get free six-month Rotowire subscription plus free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Rotowire. Void where prohibited. All right, let's go to the defense. Buffalo at the top of 53. No, thank you. Uh, Jacksonville, 52. No, thank you. 
Chargers at 51, uh, I'm intrigued because of the amount of sacks. <laughs> right. That's that's what I'm looking at there. I feel like the sacks, the potential for turnovers, Cousins, we all know at times can throw picks. I think that's one that I'll pay up for. I don't want to pay up for the Packers, Seahawks, Titans. None of these defenses who are priced of, of 48 and above interest me whatsoever except for the Chargers. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I think the Chargers, like you said, um, that, that sack uh, potential, I think, you know, what do you want to put the over-under on, on like three and a half for sacks for them? Oh uh, yeah, I think that's a good number, and I'll take I'll take the over. Okay, yeah, yeah, and, yeah I couldn't I couldn't blame you there. So uh, I think that that certainly sets up well. But yeah, like like you said, uh, Seattle being on the road, you d- you don't lo- being on the East Coast on the road, don't love that. Uh, Green Bay going against the Cleveland team, I, I think you know some people are going to fall for the trap, but um, you know with with Josh Gordon back, I think that offense is a little bit better than people uh, might give it credit for. So uh, I don't feel great about the Packers either. So yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Where 4800 and above just it's not an awesome week as far as your defenses, defensive options go. It's really not. I mean, in the middle of the pack, even, you know, normally we find those, you know, the Patriots in the middle of the pack, we've been playing them the last couple of weeks. That's worked out very well. I just don't see it here. Like I don't, I don't see the upside. I don't see it. You know, to me, they're just all inconsistent. And, and when you're looking at the matchups, you don't love any of the matchups. I don't know if it's worth going all the way down to the board. Is it worth going all the way down to the board to a Cleveland? I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, if you want to cheap out a 4K, they fire the GM this week. Maybe people start feeling like they're on notice. Maybe just maybe people go, hey, you know, we got to we got to get it together here. You know, they, they can get to the quarterback that we do know. You know, there, there's some sacks in there the last couple of weeks, too. I don't know. I just I feel like <laughs> the only one I like is the Chargers. And I don't think I've had this problem all year with the defense. Yeah, this like you said, man, this is just a really weird week for defenses. And like, also, I think it, it's fair to point out that some of these matchups that, that would have been like no brainer, like, okay, yeah, absolutely use a defense against these guys. It's not the same. You know, it used to be where like Houston going against San Francisco. Oh my God. Like, yes, I'm, I'm locking that into all my lineups. But now with Garoppolo and things just seem to be turning around for San Francisco, you know, you're not so confident in that Houston defense. So I kind of like the Jets and I know the Jets gave up a ton of points. See, that's where I was thinking too. And then I started to get off of them because of the points and things like that. You know what I mean? No, that's it. That's That's the problem is the point differential. Like giving up 22 and a half and then just, oh, you know, it just, I'm with you. I have the same instinct. I just can't get there right now. It's, I just, it's really, it comes down to is Denver's defense bad enough to, to make the Jets look decent? And I, and I think it is. I think Denver's offense is just a nightmare. So I, I think that that's sort of the way I'm going as far as these minimum price ones. And I think it's also, this is a sneaky one, but I think Buffalo's offense is in big trouble too. So mm. I think Indianapolis, like it's not going to be a, like a high turnover game for it or anything like that, but I could see Buffalo coming out and scoring 10 points at home on Sunday and that's it. Yeah. I could, if Peterman ends up in that game too, who knows the opportunity Peterman. that, right. So you could take that shot. Uh, you know what? The other one to me is $4,400 Rams and it's, I know the Eagles have played well, but you know, if Wentz is a little banged up from that last game a little bit or you know, it's another road scenario for them. Uh, that's another one where I think there's opportunity for points, and at least you know you're trusting a good defense. And Wentz hasn't turned the ball over. I get it. But at the same time, when you're going down and looking for low-end defense this week, there's not a lot of choices. So for me, it's Rams or it's Chargers, or you just punt all together. Like you said, you go Colts or Browns and you try to get something. All right, let's go to the bonus question. Last week, uh, you were correct. We went to uh, Geno Smith turnovers. 
versus Evan Ingram catches. Now Ingram did uh, did his job. He certainly uh, did his job. We uh, we know that. But Gino Gino tried to make it a contest. You know he did have you know he, he didn't throw any picks, which is mind blowing. But he did fumble the ball twice. So I was looking for at least two picks there. Even the four picks would have been behind. So congratulations. Now you are at seven. Woo! I am at eight for the year on bonus questions, and we have one tie. We're going to go with the Battle of the QBs out west from the same draft class who went one and two. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, who scores more FanDuel points this week? Go for it, John. Who you got? All right. Getting a little risky here, and I know what I said at the top of the show, but give me Goff. Give me Goff. The, the home matchup, I think it sets up pretty well for him. I know he doesn't have Robert Woods, but I think this this otherwise – you know, if we can get Sammy Watkins involved here, uh, I think that, that that only helps matters. And I think that Philly's uh, corners aren't as great as the numbers might suggest. So I'm going with Goff. All right, there you have it. You know, it's funny. I was going to go with Goff too, but now I'll go for Wentz just for fun because we can't possibly be on the same one. That That's no fun at all. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir at all. So we'll, uh, we'll go Wentz for me, Goff for John, and we'll see who makes it out alive. All right, again, this is your time of year to – up your daily fantasy play. If you missed out on those leagues, there's opportunity. Go play some cash games. Play smart. Play with the information we gave you here. Pay up for wide receiver. Pay down other spots. Be smart at quarterback. Don't try to get fancy. Get a quarterback who's going to get you 20-plus. And go roll from there and start to recoup some of those losses because you got a couple weeks here left to go in the season. All right, you can follow him at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at JoePizzaPS17. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great weekend of daily fantasy. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.